Welcome to Holistic Ambition, where we talk with visionary leaders who are redefining what it means to be ambitious. We cover ways you can live with more well-being, meaning, and fun in your career, business, and relationships. I'm your host, Stephanie Toma, life coach for ambitious professionals and author of Confident Introvert. Today, we are welcoming Katie Cakes Wildhagen. So, hello, and I'm going to share a little bit about her before we dive into conversation. Uh, bake shop creator and founder, Katie Cakes Wildhagen has 12 year, years of experience as a fitness professional, personal trainer, and group fitness instructor. Originally from Omaha, she moved to Los Angeles in 2009 to pursue her passion in fitness. She spent nine years with Equinox soon becoming the seventh ranked personal trainer in the country for the company. With the desire to bring the knowledge and experience she gained as a personal trainer to the group fitness arena, specifically the importance of core and glute function and strength, she founded the Bake Shop and the Bake Shop Menu of Classes. All right, so there's plenty more that we'll dive into in this interview, but oh my goodness. So hello, <laughs> I love that we met at um, a Santa Monica class that I took of yours. My booty was burning and I, like, many months later, maybe a year and a half later, I'm like, we got to talk. <laughs> I'm so glad that you reached out. Definitely. Yeah. So, you know, your branding is so fun. I just want to kind of start with how did you decide to really sort of claim this focus on the booty specifically? Um, that's a good question because for the longest time I kind of, uh, held off on making that my niche, even though that I knew in my heart, I wanted that to be it. <clears throat> but because um, there's like this internal struggle I had of like, just focusing on the aesthetics, like I didn't want to ever be a trainer that was like, we just need you to look amazing. And here's how your butt can look great. Like that was just never who I am. Although like, I really like you can tell like my obsession for butts is <laughs> it goes, it goes deep. But um, I had just had a I had a moment where I was like, oh, I can actually like make this my thing and pull in like the, the mind booty soul aspect as well. So like the spiritual with the physical. And once I realized that it clicked and I was like, okay, I have, I've got my lane. I can do this. You know, it oh made it gosh. right. What I love that. And that's such a real thing to bring up how sometimes when we're niching ourselves as business owners, there can be this maybe second guessing of, oh, but does it cut me off? Am I then not allowed to have great arms too? You know, like, what yeah, but yeah. <laughs> or just like not allowed, am I all of a sudden going to be um, looked at as somebody who's vain mm. or not taken seriously by like the spiritual community or vice versa, you know? Um, but I just realized I'm like, I will not do this unless I'm partnering the two or like having those hand in hand. So for me, it was like, this is the only way I'll do it. So, and then that empowered me to like, actually double down on that then, you know? So was there anyone that you saw in the fitness space that inspired you that also had niched down or that also had a, sort of really made a, a niche their own? Or can you kind of talk about your creative process? Because, okay, my, one of my favorites, wild child's pose. Because oh, wild yeah. Is in your last name, and it's, it's so genius. <laughs> yeah, I mean the endless amount of like cute things that come along with what we can do with the bake shop, or just the terminology with the mind, booty, soul stuff. Like it's just endless. So that's just be that's just something outside of me. I don't get to 
take credit, any credit for that. <laughs> um, but in terms of uh, examples or anybody I look to, um, in the fitness space, there wasn't anybody necessarily that I that I saw that was kind of doing what I wanted to create at that time. Because this is before like we had like a real spiritual awakening, I think, in our society. So at that time, I didn't see anybody really like meshing those two things, right? Um, there was one trainer who I worked with, or she was a group fitness instructor at Equinox, and she had created, uh, and this is this is already when I was a personal trainer and had already started kind of focusing on the glutes. Um, but she had created a booty class and I was like, yeah, that's good. But from that, I kind of was able to like add my own spin to things I wanted to create and created a whole different thing. I think just for like, maybe the fact that she, she gave, you know, 30 minutes to just the booty was the only time that I ever saw that group fitness, which I really appreciated because I felt like it was an underserved, you know, thing in the group fitness world. So, so maybe Mm -hmm. that, maybe that person. So and then yeah. on the spiritual side of things or business side, tons of people, you know, that I look to that kind of pulled from. Yeah. And I, I love how it's sometimes those mundane moments that maybe other people experience the same thing. They went to the same class. They went about their day, went about their life. And they're just like, okay, that was another experience. It was a great class. It was a good class. But <clears throat> sometimes it's those little mundane moments that can really be such a spark. And I think you illustrated that so beautifully. And, you know, there also comes a time Um, especially in this day and age where so many people, there are massive layoffs. There are people who are simply feeling inspired to really create something of their own that is a fresh spin on something that maybe even already exists. So I'm curious about what, what that transition was from being one of the top fitness trainers globally at Equinox, which is amazing, by the way, uh, to then taking a bet on yourself and getting out there and creating the bake shop? Um, it was kind of one of those things where my initial goal moving to LA and starting my career was to do and be the, like kind of what I had done with Equinox, like, like worked my way up in those ranks. Um, and so once I had done that and kind of been there for a while and realized that I, there's more I wanted to serve or more I wanted to do versus this one-on-one training, I started to realize like I, this is when I started to realize, like, I have to be able to find my, to be okay. Cause I found my niche, like when I was five years old, like butts have been my thing since I was a kid. So that's been my niche. Right. So I've just kind of found my way closer and closer to it. So finally, when I decided like I can do it unapologetically, mm. that's when I finally was like, okay, I can do this. I can go forward. And it, it was really one of those things where it was like, I don't know what else I would do. Like there is nothing else. I mean, there's plenty of things I could do and would want to see myself doing, but I would always think to myself, dang, I never did that. This is that, that one thing. Like there's lots of other things where I could go, oh, okay, I don't need to do that. You know, it's a great idea, but I don't need to do it. This was like, I'll never not do this. So it was just more of a matter of time of like when I was finally going to take this step. And it just became when like things came together and like little moments, like you just said, like we had a moment. I'll just tell this really quick because it's funny because this is where the name came for the bake shop. And when that came together, it was like the last final piece. Um, We were sitting at like a pool party in Vegas. It was a girlfriend's weekend. And um, some random guy had come over and he's like, can I take a picture of your butt? And we're like, what? And my girlfriend turns to him and goes, "Uh uh-uh, the bake shop is closed. (laughs) And just like, because I'd already kind of had the nickname Katie Cakes. 
And so in that moment, we all looked at each other. We're like, Ooh, that's good. That's really good. And it just, that was the moment that was the final piece that came in and all lit up from there. And it was just like a little spiritual, like, yep, go for this. So from that point on, I just knew I wasn't going to not do it. Oh my gosh. Okay. I love that. How sometimes, <laughs> you know, friends can be the most inspiring people. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you've touched on a few different, um, on spirituality. So spirituality is something that of course in LA, um, it's relatively easy to plug yourself into those communities yeah. and even collectively there is a mass awakening going on in terms of more and more people, uh, becoming curious about spirituality. So I'm curious about, uh, your relationship with, spirituality and maybe different things you've tried um, that have been impactful for you? Well, I'll say, um, I'll say this. So when I was young, I never was under, I never really got the idea of like a, a religion, right. In terms of like a construct. And I kind of always knew I was different growing up in Nebraska in that understanding. Um, I was like healthy skepticism of those things. Cause I knew I had like a spiritual connection. I just didn't have like words for that at the time. Um, and then when I was in church one day, when I was 18, my heart stopped in church. I, I went into cardiac arrest. And from that day forward, not only the fact that I was sitting in church and that happened, I was like, that's my cue to find a different path. But also the idea that like, it was at such a transformational time in my life. I was about to head into college. It set me on this journey of like having to find myself. Cause, cause when you deal with things like that, you, you kind of start to question like, why am I here? Like, why did I, why, why didn't I not die? Like, why did I, why was I saved that day? And so that started me on a journey of like, just really wanting to get down to like the core of me and who I am. And like knowing that no matter what I did in life or what I had or material things, I always had this like strength in myself. And so that's what started that journey. Um, and my journey kind of happened along like my, you know, choice to get out of my, my, world as it was in Nebraska and move into something bigger or something more expansive. And that was a part of my journey. Cause again, I knew that would put me in places and situations that would challenge my evolution and growth. Yeah. Um, and then like, you know, I just started, um, there was a few different spiritual, like people I kind of followed. Marianne Williamson was like a first one that I really dug into kind of led me to the law or to, um, uh, what's the book that they go, that they read from. Miracles, of course, miracles. Yes, Thank you. So that was like on the first part of my journey. So this is almost like 15 years ago where I was kind of like understanding that kind of stuff from there. I've, I've delved into, or just getting more aware of like, um, law of attraction and Abraham Hicks and all that kind of stuff. So I have to be honest, like, that's like a secret. I don't tell people all the time because it's still a little bit like funny when you say that, that you listen to Abraham Hicks or you're into that, not that the masses don't really like know what that is or like vibe with it lately in the last year and a half, I'll say though, I've seen little things coming up about Abraham Hicks more and more in mainstream, you know, places, but that's still like one of my secrets <laughs> that I don't tell anybody. Thank you. Yeah. Everyone at your discretion. But I mean, I will even say when it comes to Abraham Hicks, I remember being introduced to it, like maybe five years ago, like I say it, but it's a person, they're a channel that they, talk from the collective consciousness. And at first, when you listen to it, you're like, that's kind of different. Like it's definitely different, but I view it as positive brainwashing. So I think that's, so oh, yeah. that's something that you've integrated 
And yeah, and, and you know, to your point about becoming more forthcoming about these things, it takes away the stigma. So I appreciate you bringing that up. And you know, you brought up so many really fascinating story points. So I just kind of want to circle back a little bit to, um, you know, uh, in in your extended bio, you talk about having a pacemaker and defibrillator uh, put in after cardiac arrest. So I mean, what a profound experience to literally come back from the dead. So I'm curious to learn a little bit more about that experience. And, you know, were you, uh, were you a fitness advocate before, or did that happen shortly after or sort of how that ties in? Absolutely. Real quick. I'll tell you, if you hear any little grumbling or growling, my dog is right here. Oh (laughs) yeah. He hears something at the door. He likes to. We're happy to say hi, but yeah. (laughs) Hello. He's always right there with me. (laughs) I know. It's like, focus on mom. (laughs) Um, yeah, actually that was a huge, um, pivotal moment in terms of like when I chose, here he goes, sorry, (laughs) when I chose to really decide to follow my dreams in that way, I will say it wasn't until about five or six years after that, that I actually made the move to go for it. Cause I was still kind of like in this phase of like, I had just went into college after that happened and I was an athlete prior to that. And because of that, I had to stop playing sports and I had, that was such that was so ingrained in my identity at the time that I had to like refine who I was after that. So I went through like a really rocky kind of like emotional and spiritual time through college um, after that. And that's again, kind of like what solidified my need for a spiritual guidance in some way. Um, so when I decided, so fitness was definitely a thing for me prior to that. Cause just being an athlete and like, I've always said, going to the gym was like my me time or like my meditation time when I was like 16 and didn't know what that word meant kind of, or what the idea was. So once I had been dealt the hand of like, you can't be an athlete anymore. Like that's all wiped out from your existence. I really dove into fitness again. Like it was something I wasn't supposed to do with my heart condition, but I just didn't know how not to. I just knew that for my mental and spiritual and emotional health, I needed it. So I was in the gym a lot. I was running stairs at the college football stadium a lot. And like, those are my spiritual times. And that journey is then what led me to, I want other people to know how this feels. Cause at that point I realized it's not about the physical. I mean, that's a bonus. That's like the cherry on top. Right. But it's really about like what it does for you spiritually and emotionally. And so that was like this, the spark of like, yes, you can actually go make this your career. So everything I like was studying in college was not this because I wasn't quite decided on it yet. Once I graduated college and had given it another year of like, you know, holding back, I finally was like, I just have to do it. I just have to go and figure it out. So that was a huge pivotal driver or driver to that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when it comes to changing your physical place, so going from Omaha to, did you go straight to Los Angeles or was there maybe a time in between? But I'm curious about how your experience of uh, being in a different place impacted your spiritual growth, your career growth. Well, technically I went to Santa Barbara for like two two or three months on like an accidental thing. And then I came right back to Omaha and then went right back to LA. So I kind of like did that and realized, no, no, LA is where I want to be. Um, When I first moved out to LA, I wasn't in fitness yet. I was working a different job um, that gave me good health insurance that I needed. And I moved, right? (laughs) 
Um, I moved into a, like a, I rented a room from a woman who lived in Malibu in these condos in Malibu. So I was like, you know, five minute walk from the beach and I would get up in the mornings before I would start my work day and go there. And that those mornings on that beach were like the solidification of what I was going to embark on this journey, spiritual, everything. So it was such a, it was, it was the, I know, cause, cause I say it a lot too. And I, I, and I promote the idea that you don't need to get out of your physical space to change your mental or spiritual. Like that's a change you can make on the inside. Yes. But for me at that time, it was just that I knew this would be like the thing that solidified it. And so I really just like every day I would go out there and like, see those, those waves coming in and sit with the ocean and just sit in that place. And that was like the, the foundation for, you know, I would sit and dream about what I want to become, what my new life would like, what my new life would be, or like what this journey would hold. And it's somewhere I still go back to today in moments of like, you know, like on new year's or my birthday, or like in moments when I just need some, like to something to fill me up, I go there. It's the same place. and just sit and just take it all in. Yeah. So, you know, it, it certainly sounds like, um, you have a really strong meditative practice. That's not necessarily traditional sit down and look at a candle. So yeah. Can you describe for anyone watching or listening that maybe they've never meditated or maybe they want to try the specific way that you love meditating? What is that like? Well, like I said, it, it was really something that evolved from it. Meditating was my time in the gym because, you know, when you're in the gym and you're working out, like I always kind of just did stuff that felt right. I didn't have to necessarily think about it a ton. I just did it. It felt like it came to me innately and I just would have random music on and that would be like my time to let my brain go. Cause that's really what meditation is about. It's just a time to shut off. Um, when we're asleep, there's that same, and you know, this probably from like hearing the Abraham Hicks stuff, right? Oh, so, yeah. but when we're asleep, it's that same reset that can happen. But now if you're, if you're choosing to meditate, it's a more deliberate choice in that moment. Right. So when I was working out and I was having, and I was having that experience of being able to have that time away from life, I didn't know that's what, it, that's what I was doing, but I just knew I needed it every day. And I thought it was for my physical, but really it was for that spiritual reset. Um, and so as that evolved and I started to understand more about spirituality and more about the, the conscious choice to meditate. I, um, I was never somebody who like knew to like lay down and breathe and do all that stuff. I knew that I would go to the ocean and just like sit and I would do my best just to calm my mind because that felt right. You know, and I did my best to like breathe with the rhythm of the waves because that felt right. So for me, that's a very natural place to do that. Then I started realizing like I can create this same sense of calm or reset whenever and wherever I need it. Um, so yeah, that's how I kind of realized like, oh, I can do meditation. I've been doing it. I can now do it on purpose. And so now I do like just 10 minutes, maybe 15, but it's a daily like habit, like brushing my teeth. And it's because I know that when I do that, answers just come to me. Like things start flowing. All the problems that I have, or all the things I'm trying to achieve and accomplish, they seem to happen sm smoothly. Like I'm randomly led into, into situations that I may not have known how to get to otherwise. And I can tell the difference when I don't meditate, um, or when I'm not working out. Cause that's another big thing I have to admit, like with teaching classes as my workouts now, a lot of the time, I don't get that time 
that like time to myself meditation time in that. So I've really had to make sure I'm taking that specific um, conscious time for myself separate than that now. Um, but yeah, so I just do it every day because I know it's like a, it's, it's a part of my lifeline to my like dreams and goals. <laughs> that is so, so um, yeah. So for anybody that's like wondering how do I, I just start that? Like, I would just suggest um, putting something like really chill on your, you know, I was about to say radio, but who uses those anymore? <laughs> YouTube, <laughs> whatever it is you use, um, just some sort of like white noise or ocean sounds or like a very, like just something that is very like chill and that you can like kind of zone out with. You don't have to pay much attention to set a timer. I like, technically I like to set my timer for 11, 11. Cause oh, yeah. right. It yeah. gives me 11 seconds to kind of put that away and like get settled in. And I like to lay down cause I don't want to have to hold myself up myself up for any reason. I just want to lay, um, do your best to like quiet everything else out. But if you can't, you can't like, that's not a big deal. Um, sometimes I'm just sitting and I just close my eyes. Right. But anyway, 11 minutes and just know in that time, your only goal is to just breathe and focus on your breath. And you don't have to, you know, you don't have to, uh, force yourself to try to get somewhere. Cause eventually over time, as you just stay consistent with this, you'll start to realize that you feel that feeling of like complete, like let go. And if even if it's for 20 seconds, by the end of that thing and your timer goes off, that's okay. You're done. Like you just are putting that daily practice in. Yeah. So, you know, intentionality, consistency, and you know, what I, I hear you saying is that these practices, even before you knew what they were, you were doing some variation of this and they all resulted in you essentially manifesting yeah. what you're up to today. So, you know, I'm curious going more into uh, manifestation and intentionality. Um, are there any examples, let's say from, from your adult life after this, this huge event, because, <clears throat> you know, something that I can relate with is having a major or maybe a series of major events, you know, in high school or in, um, you know, younger years, I think a lot of people can relate with that things that they're, they process then as an adult. And, you know, you've described, you certainly have that as well. And, and then sometimes it can kind of catch you up guard when there's another hurdle in adulthood. You're like, excuse me, I thought that we were (laughs) now smooth sailing. (laughs) What the heck? So I'm curious about um, your navigation using manifestation and intentionality um yeah navigating an adult hurdle and this is super open-ended whatever you'd like you feel called to share well it's interesting because you know like I mentioned that like I didn't realize I was like meditating you know in a certain way when I was doing all these workouts when I was young but in those times is also when I daydreamed right because I think we we daydream when you're younger without realizing it um and so you know, as I got to LA and started like experiencing things, I realized like some things had come up, like, uh, to be honest, I'll just tell like a quick little. So there was somebody like that. I had like a calendar of this person, like, like a sexy guy, because they were like a, they were like an actor or something. I don't know, you know, a model. I had that on my wall as a kid and, you know, I daydream or whatever. And then like, without kind of realizing that, like my time went on LA, LA and I had a relationship with this person. And I like had a moment where like, I was like, oh my God, I manifested this. Oh, (laughs) like, oh, it's real. And it's, it was funny to me because that's such a random, like 
you know, it's not like a goal and dream. Like I want to accomplish all these things. It was just something that randomly happened that I had to like also uh, give credit to the power of manifestation without me realizing that it happened, but to kind of show myself like, no, it really works. So if now if you can just take that stuff and apply it to like real things that you really want to accomplish. And again, I know that's silly, but it just was something that was, has always been like a confirmation for me. Like if you now do this stuff on purpose and manifest this stuff on purpose and daydream on purpose, look what you can, look what you can create and, and dream up for yourself. Or even just the idea that like, when I was sitting in Omaha, Nebraska, I'd be like, I just want to be able to like walk down to a coffee shop and have that like energy and that like type of environment where people are like doing things. And like, I live in a place now where that's what I do. I'm like, oh, so these little things I was able to like, you know, manifest without realizing it. I've now realizing I can put that same power to the goals and the dreams and the businesses and all the, you know, other stuff so well that's a fun one. Oh my gosh everyone get get a poster of your choice okay put it up there yeah and look at it every day <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my <God. laughs> that's awesome so you know so I have a few questions before we wrap up here um and to sort of put a bow on so much of what you've shared um I'm curious how do you define ambition? Mm, that's a good one. Really, it comes down to like what your truth is. Um, because I've had like a, a different, like I've had like a really interesting relationship with that word. Coming from a place like Nebraska, and I think like the type of family I come from, it's almost like ambition in a certain way was a negative word, where it's like this person has too much ambition or, you know, too greedy or something. You're supposed to just work hard and like, you know, that's it. And then I realized like, that's not necessarily what they, what anybody had meant ever with that word either, or, and I can now see it as something different. And so the way I see ambition now is just what is your truth and your process of going to that truth. And I think that ambition doesn't have to be like you wanting, you wanting the most money or you wanting the, the cars or the things ambition could just, can just be you wanting to be happy and being ambitious about that goal. So whatever that goal is for you and that truth, just that's, that's what ambition is to me is finding that. Yeah. So knowing your truth, expressing that, having that clarity. And also what I'm hearing is having, um, having a North star of a feeling that's even yeah. less simple than all the numerical goals that maybe yeah. were more relevant, you know, before um, you went out on your own in business and, you know, in that same vein, I'm curious if you were to say in a word or in a sentence, what does holistic ambition mean to you? Just kind of what you just said. And just the fact that it's ambition towards your, an I, a feeling, an energy and letting that guide you versus, and then just, I know this is not a word or a phrase, it's a whole concept, but <laughs> just the idea that that's going to then bring in all those other things. If you just stay online with that feeling and that energy, the other things will come. The feeling is the gateway. I love that. Uh, so, you know, now I'm curious. So for everyone watching and listening, they, they want more. How can people stay connected with you and learn more about you? 
Well, um, so we have now our whole uh, online fitness platform built out. It's bakeshopfitness.com. So we have a monthly membership to all of our classes and that space is called the kitchen. So we get in the kitchen and we bake our cakes and we do all the good full body work, everything. We have like a six, six different class types, I believe in that, in that monthly membership. So that's at bakeshopfitness.com. Um, I'll actually be like relaunching my podcast that I started long before the pandemic and kind of put on the side. <laughs> so once a week, we'll be coming out with just like a 15 minute short little piece. Um, that's a piece of cake the podcast, the podcast.com. So piece of cake, the podcast. Um, and then on Instagram, we're all over the place there. So Katie, cake, 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 four cakes, K-A-T-I-E. And the word cake spells it spelled as it is four times and bake shop fitness on Instagram as well. Oh my so gosh. Put some good energy to us starting our YouTube again. Cause I need to get, I need to get that that content there as well. <laughs> yes. Like, and subscribe. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> shop on YouTube. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you for tuning in to holistic ambition. This is Stephanie Toma saying goodbye for now and inviting you to take a moment to rate review and subscribe until next time.